been a while. Right? Okay. Well, it's been a while for me. I missed last time. So. Been a while for everyone. Still, last time was like two weeks ago, right? I guess so, yep. right? That was. Mm-hmm. I think so. I mean, we yeah. record every other week, but still, I guess it's just because the the nature of the four of us being back is weird, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's just the four of us, and we've always had ep- like episodes with guests, even if they were more chill topics. So that yeah. makes a huge difference. Um, this will be kind of fun. It's yeah. going to be very fun. I'm going to start yeah. the intro now, and okay. we can continue the vibe of how this was already going. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Blurred Box, everyone. I'm Chloe. I'm Pooja. I'm Sophie. And I'm Andrew. And welcome back. We're going to cover numerous topics today, just the four of us. No guests today. It's been a while, so we felt this was pretty needed. And we never really got the chance to just kind of slow down, take a step back, reflect, and look back on how crazy the year has been since the start of the semester. And yeah, so we're just going to go straight into it, kind of a catch up conversation on our lives as a world and just 2020 so far. So how's everyone? Everyone all doing good? We're halfway through season two, actually. That's a huge thing, I think. I mean, it's a small but huge milestone for us. Um, Yeah, it's a big accomplishment. Crazy, huh? Yeah. I'm excited for Thanksgiving break, to be honest. I I told you guys this already before, but I guess all my teachers assigned double the work before the break. So currently dying a bit, but it's okay. It's okay. We're almost here. We're almost here. Andrew, Um, do you have like a Thanksgiving break in Trinity? We do have a Thanksgiving break. So I only have Monday, Tuesday this week, and then I am done, which is a bit of a thrill. So I don't really have anything except I have to write a play for English. Um, Well, I don't have to write a play. We were supposed to write a story, but I chose to write a play and I have regretted that decision ever since. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about this play because this play's got some like story to it. He's been, okay, so Andrew's been sending his play to me. Like I've only seen snapshots of it, but what from what I've seen, like it's pretty good. Like it's some real life story based on who again? Like these two. Well, characters? so 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 the prompt was a tricky prompt. It was to write about something, someone, technically someone, but I did something that makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but you can't quite put your finger on it. Um, and so the way I chose to take this, I was like, I'll write a play. Um, and then I was like, my topic will be about like awkwardly avoiding conversations about mental health. Um, which is a really hard topic to write a play about when the main thing is not talking. Um, so that was sort of regrettable, but there's some, there's some really good lines. There's one line that's like, man, salad is really good. Like that's, yeah. that's it. That's the whole line. It's like, <laughs> it's out true. Of quality right there. Exactly. Well, some of this, I'm like, I'm like, the dialogue is just, nobody speaks like this. Um, I, I was talking to my teacher about it. I was going over this because I sent her a draft and I was like, hey, the dialogue's a little stilted, right? And she was like, yeah, it's kind of terrible, but maybe that's the yeah. point. I was like, I don't think it was the point, but I'm glad. I mean, we have the Star Wars prequels and the dialogue in those movies were 
terrible yet they they're still here and people still watch them so yeah well i think it's a statement salad salad is a metaphor um yeah. for what i do not know but it's a metaphor yeah currently <laughs> taking a lit and like to me everything's a symbol so i was like what salad means in this situation like what's the purpose and what does it represent no clue yet but we'll see if you ever send it we can do an analysis on this oh i think it is okay to pass on that but <laughs> i got to say though andrews plays dialogue has got to be better than the presidential debate right so which is in okay mass. good said so. i mean that's not a really high bar but no <laughs> it's, it's not <laughs> it's not at all but just on that topic like a lot has happened like it's over right? Or it's not yeah. over. Well, I kind consider over. it over. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's over. Like Biden's won, right? Yeah. I mean, okay. the okay. other side will still call on some hope, but um, I think I think Biden has won. Okay, good. I saw in like the the news and everything that he's got record-setting number of votes, right? Yeah, I think voter turnout too this year was amazing. And yeah, because of that, he's got a record amount of votes. Yeah, voter turnout is super high. And like Trump got more votes than last time too. So it's not like, ah, like Biden got all these voters. It's sort of both <laughs> sides. Like Biden oh. definitely upped it, but both sides too. It's not like all the Trump supporters went away. Definitely a close election. And like a lot of people seem to be very passionate about either side. I mean, like Andrew said, it wasn't just all to one side, but the good thing was that people who wanted Biden or people who wanted Trump, they like went out and voted. And that was that I think really helped um, Biden's case a lot. And I, I remember I was like watching the election. Election night was stressful, could barely get any work done. Um, I think Wednesday it was a little bit more calm because I had more hope. But you just like I was just watching it. And then Georgia flipped. And I was just like, so happy. That was insane because Georgia has been red forever. And I was just like, okay, wow, we have a chance here. The people in my restaurant went nuts. Like they were jumping up and down. Like everyone at the restaurant was like screaming. It was, yeah, it was awesome. I have a question for you all. I have a question for you all, a hypothetical. Um, So we're talking, we're talking, we're like America, smashing success, right? All these people voted. I think it was like 66% voter turnout. That's not a ton of people um, out of like all the people who could in theory be voting. 66% turnout. How do you all feel about things like compulsory voting? Like let's take, I'm pretty sure Sweden does it where there are like fines and whatnot for not voting. Do we think good idea, bad idea? Thoughts? I, I feel like, like it would go against our constitution if we make that mandatory. I mean, putting fines on everyone for for not voting. Yeah, yeah, for not voting, it's their choice. Um, I mean, of course, voter turnout is really beneficial in all elections, but I find that putting it mandatory is not the right way, especially for this country. If you want to uphold our values. I have been like an outsider view of it, obviously. I mean, I am American, but uh, I'm an American living abroad. I have American citizenship. So studying a push, learning some things, I have some thoughts and I have some questions. Like, first of all, America's democracy 
is kind of a deception question mark mm-hmm. as in the fact like it's a regulated kind or like a founding fathers um set up the voting such that the people in the electoral colleges right like the house of representatives and the senate have the power right such that it's mainly their votes that are gonna make the impact so technically the people's vote doesn't factor in that much is it it's complicated um (laughs) but that's why we have me andrew amateur american historian um well, so we're a representative democracy, not like straight direct democracy. And that's because like founding fathers, there were like the two problems of like one, like there was the whole like, you know, they don't want black people or women to vote, which yeah. was one part of why like it's not a great democracy. But part two is they like didn't totally trust the common folk um, and like the decision making yeah, yeah, exactly. of the rabble, which is the more of what I think you were getting at, too. Yeah which is why we have a representative democracy. But like in the end, like the people still have a vote, but the electoral college is really, really screwy in terms of like who gets how much of a say, like always has been since the three fifths compromise in the constitution to now in terms of like Wyoming or wherever gets like Montana gets three votes and California's however many, even though California's many, many, exponentially times larger so it's not exactly equal even though they do like representative in terms of how many votes ever Mm -hmm. gets and also like a vote in new york where i am Mm -hmm. means more or less nothing because we're voting blue every time okay so given that right given that then does one person's vote change an awful lot in the larger scope of things Swing so like in that question swing state matters more right? yeah okay good to know so forgive my ignorance on it but yeah that's good to know I'm, get, I'm getting a vibe that like a lot of us here I don't want to assume are we like left right <laughs> uh, I will say I'm left yeah left and I'm Andrew um, <laughs> and I'm also liberal um dad mm-hmm. jokes but <laughs> Well, but also I would say, though, going to your point, though, Chloe, you could say, like, does anyone's vote really matter? But then that's like the tragedy of the commons, which is like, if no one's vote matters, why would anyone vote? And then you have nothing. That's so, like, true. That's a good Does point. your individual vote matter? No, but like the people need to vote and we express yeah. our liberty in that way. No, yeah, agree on that. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Okay. Yeah, we also just read... I mean, you guys took the FRL too, but, and Sophie's taking it as well, but we also just read something about, I forgot who it was, um, but about how it doesn't really matter as much if your voice really does matter or like if there is equality in democracy, for instance, but like the belief that your voice matters or the belief that there's equality in democracy, that almost matters more. So kind of like what Andrew was getting at, that's like what's allowing us or like giving people the thought process of like actually voting rather than just like saying our voice doesn't matter um because like maybe it doesn't and it probably doesn't as much as we might think it does or the general public might think it does but at least we believe it very nice point yeah so sophie's a junior puja andrew 
we're seniors, you know, given this current situation, senioritis is going around, isn't it? Yeah, definitely <laughs> spreading, spreading quite fast amongst us. I would say as fast um, as Corona, senioritis <laughs> is up there along with yeah, coronavirus. Definitely <laughs> competing with it. Well, um, I will say I've been waiting for any opportunity to work this in. Um, as glum as things might seem, one thing that I read this week, which made me immensely happy because I love to see my friends succeed, is there was this fabulous article about our dear friend Pooja. Um, and her figure skating journey, um, which I found very moving, very inspiring. I like knowing cool people. So that was something that sort of broke up the monotony of senior year. Um, and I've been waiting to shout that out on the pod. Um, so snaps to Pooja. And I would recommend reading it, except I forget where I read it. But she probably knows. Thanks, Andrew. That was unnecessary. But thank you. Um, I mean, it's on um, U.S. Figure Skating's fan zone to answer Andrew's question. Um, but yeah, um, senioritis, it's definitely spreading pretty fast. Um, I'm just trying to kind of keep the flow going, I would say, um, despite everything, because we still have some college applications due coming up. But man, I don't know about next semester when it just hits super hard and we already know like where we're supposed to be going, hopefully, or just like at least waiting to know where we're going. I mean, that's going to be senioritis like 6,000 times more than what it is now, but yeah. Um, I should probably go ahead because we're talking about senioritis, but I was just saying, I thought second semester senior year would be more like chill and laid back because you don't have to worry about college apps you technically don't have to like worry too much about your grades I mean you just have to get like a good grade but like even if it like falls it's not going to impact your college decision that much I think so I don't know are you guys looking forward to second semester senior year at all or is it just the same thing um I would say yes and no like you're totally right like we get to totally like slack off spring semester but I'm not too excited for like the amount of feelings and personal turmoil yeah. that's gonna ensue in that like second semester yeah. because, like it, I'm already stressed right and like, I'm a junior <laughs> here's my like question slash thought discussion bubble that I want to raise because I was like thinking about the shower thoughts if you will I was like, hey, this would be a good thing to bring about on the podcast. I wonder if other people are like feeling messed up too. Um, in any case, the whole point of senioritis is like, what's the definition actually? Anyone able to like give us a definition for people who are not familiar? I think it's basically just um, seniors or students like nearing the end of high school or just education in general, even college, it can apply to that, like where you just kind of lose motivation. And then sometimes your grades will start falling, or you feel like being lazy and like, not that same motivation that you might have had, like earlier in high school, when you were trying to like, build up your resume for college, I think. Okay, good. That's a, I think that's a good representative of what it is. So basically, we're finishing a chapter, 
And with finishing a chapter comes a lot of nostalgia and feelings and whatnot. And also we've written a lot of essays that are like, at least for the American colleges, you write these essays that are supposed to be a very um, self-reflective journey in terms of who you are, what you want to do, yada, yada, yada. We know this. Um, you'd think that we we'd feel more found or more sure of ourselves after writing those essays. I don't know whether that's the case. I personally feel otherwise. Like I, I probably like think that when writing these essays, like it's first a pain, not a pain, but like it's difficult enough writing those essays, like really digging deep into like who you are, what you want to do, making that really clear and laying everything that you are, especially personal essay, putting out your life story into like one or two pages and that for the same thing on other questions. But knowing all of this or trying to know all of this stuff and then going into next like looking into the next four years like I feel like more doubtful now than ever to be honest before senior year like junior year for example I, I probably felt like less doubtful than I do now because it's like looking into a sphere in terms of where I'm going to be in the next four years and I don't know where that is or whether like I am supposed to like see why that's supposed to be a thing that I'm supposed to do kind of thing. I don't know if that's making sense. I That's an interesting point. Can I can I branch off of it even though I'm not a senior? No, no, no totally. Go ahead. But I don't know. It just, um, I feel like we I don't know why people expect us to find ourselves in high school. Like it doesn't make sense to me because high school is like kind of like a place for you to like, just kind of get exposed to a lot of things. And like, it's like your first step, but I honestly find that college is the place that you should try finding yourself a little bit more. You gain more independence overall. You have kind of a lot of educational resources at your disposal and also a lot of other things. So maybe being doubtful is not a bad thing when going into college because then it allows you not to be so set on like what you want to do because I feel like college is the place for you to figure that out. Um, but that's just my thoughts. I'm not sure if anyone else has something. Well, I would want to start by saying first off, that was just a stirring soliloquy, Chloe, and I was thoroughly moved. Um, the nostalgia... Yeah the feelings, the emotions. I haven't felt something like that in a long, long time. I know, but it's um, true. I mean, to be honest, my soliloquy is my shower thoughts. You don't want to be in my, like, near my <laughs> bathroom hearing what I'm thinking in the shower. That's, that's good because otherwise, you know, I was planning on crashing Chloe's shower thoughts. Um, <laughs> Crash away. <laughs> Take it away, Andrew. Um, no, but I was, I guess you keep talking about like all these emotions and all this stuff and like finding yourself. Oh, that's actually, I mean, I have other comments on like all the emotions of leaving high school. Like, I don't know. I'm a long way away from that at least. But what I was going to say is I think finding yourself is a BS concept in any time, in any place, like regardless of whether you're in high school or college or anything, like you can disagree, but like, this is going to be really cheesy, but like life isn't a game of hide and seek. Like you don't need to search. You don't need to be sought. Like you can be like who, I, like you, I don't know. I don't, 
consider myself limited to like, this is who I am. Um, and like most of my friends are, they're like, I'm a math guy or yeah, most of them are math guys, but, um, I'm sort of like, I don't know, like, I like math, I guess, sometimes not as much anymore, but like, also like, whatever, I do things that make me happy. And like, it's not like I, because I just worry, my hypothesis, right, is if you're like, I need to find myself and then like, be this person. What if you're more than just that, like, to try to say, like, this is me, this is who I am. Like, I don't know, I sort of think like, Maybe I've been referred to as happy-go-lucky by people who don't know me well. Um, but like, I think that's sort of a little bit of who I am of like, I do things based off of like, what seems like I would enjoy it. So I don't think I'm not a big believer in like, you need to have that moment of self-revelation. I think that's a good point. Um, I feel like though, I thought that I knew myself better like before having to write these college applications than what I did like when I actually started writing them because like all these questions that they ask like reflect on a time where like you face adversity like certain things you kind of know but then other things like what do you value most or like what is something intellectually engaging that you've embarked on um there's so many possibilities out there and there's so many things that you can kind of touch upon. And then the one that you actually choose to talk about is almost like the one that's most important to you and certain things like that. Like I didn't really know about myself. And so I can see like where Chloe kind of says that she feels like she has some doubt, like going into it because there's so many things that are like, kind of like coming to the top of your head as you start writing these college applications that like you didn't really think about before like you might find out that you had another passion that you really enjoy that you haven't really gotten to explore that much or you have other interests in school that you kind of find later on in high school so all of that kind of factors into like leaving the bubble of high school where everything's towards this goal of getting into college at least for the U.S. for most most people and you exit that and you're kind of like, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? Like, what am I going to do in college? And what people am I going to meet? What do I want to do with my future? Like high school, you think you know it, but for the most part, people don't really know exactly what they want. And there's so many things that they want to explore. So like Andrew said, maybe it's less about like trying to find yourself and more about trying to be open to everything else like not really knowing what's going to happen and trying to explore what life has to offer I guess whatever college has to offer no yeah I totally agree with that I want to unravel this in a way like I, I totally agree with that Andrew said like it's not about planning yourself really like the, the key I feel ex- at least in for me it's about feeling comfortable in your own skin like go back to when we were talking with Kieran as well right when he was saying like people change over high school they're finding themselves it's like a complicated thing to unpack in in of itself like for people going through different stages feeling different things but it's a matter of like whether you feel comfortable yada 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 no the what I want like that we could keep going on that but like I want to actually unpack on this particular part our identities how we feel uh, it's such a categorization between like what Pooja is saying about what you want to do what colleges you go to choose you you go to a school you choose a major choose an institution 
and that like kind of you follow that right and kind of when you think about when you introduce yourself right like I think there's like this there's such an entanglement between the the rhetoric of which school you go to the major that you go to and who you are that that I want to like unpack and I find really interesting because think about when we introduce ourselves right it's like hi my name is Chloe I am a senior at Stanford OHS currently that's my intro, right? And the fact that the, this there's this entanglement between what school I go to and who like how I introduce myself, like that when th- when you go to college, think about it. Then it's like I go to this college. I'm in. I'm a, this major. How did Kieran introduce himself? The other um, who are the others who are in university. Um, I'm a freshman, sophomore, senior, whatever at this university. I'm a whatever major. Like, what are you guys' initial thoughts on that? I think um, it branches off of like Andrew's point that sometimes we feel constrained by a lot of um, these kind of labels that are given to us. Um, I remember I kind of grew up my entire life like I'm a STEM kid and I I still think I am a STEM kid because I really enjoy it and um, I just I found a passion there but I also realized that I am not just a STEM kid in a sense. Like I love humanities, I love learning about philosophy, I love a lot of different things. And it's not really about, you can give yourself labels, but you can't get constrained by these things. It's not about finding yourself, it's more about understanding yourself, I think. Um, It's just a process of self-discovery, kind of learning who you are as a person and not getting defined by like, preconceived notions that you put on yourself and other people put on yourself I don't know it's just it's a large process I'm not sure where I'm going with it because I'm still on kind of my journey to self-discovery or whatever it may be I don't know what the term is I don't know what I'm looking for but I'm just going through my high school experience taking as much information as I can to kind of understand who I am and who I'm becoming so I don't know initial thoughts anyone can jump in on that Yeah, I totally agree that labels can kind of be pretty constraining and they limit what you think you can do. Um, I kind of agree with you in terms of being more interested in STEM early on and then thinking that like now that I've associated myself as being interested in STEM fields, like I shouldn't or not shouldn't, but like maybe I don't really have interest in these other fields and that can kind of be constraining. But then I found out last year that I really do like English and I do like literature and reading, um, reading different novels and looking at the symbolism and motifs. And even DFRL this year, I didn't really expect to like it after not extremely like falling in love with HSC last year. So that could also be something that's constraining, like looking at your past and saying like, maybe I won't like other philosophy classes in the future, but DFRL is quite different. Democracy, freedom, and rule of law for those who are interested in knowing what it stands for. Um, so it's it's quite different, and I actually really enjoy it so far. So and quite similarly, even athletes like when somebody approaches you or when somebody approaches me, one of the first things I'll say, kind of similar to Chloe, is twelfth grade senior in high school, like competitive figure skater that's probably like the second first or even second thing that I say to people because it's kind of become part of my identity but then 
sometimes it's easy to fall into the trap of like, well, when I stop figure skating, like what am I? Or for an athlete, like when I stop doing this sport, what am I or who am I? So like, that's where it kind of becomes constraining. Like you're much more than just a label. You have so many other interests and so many other things that you do. So you can't just be restricted by that. I've got to like totally hop on that wagon right there because let me tell you, it's rough. <laughs> like I, I got to humble down and, and say like, th- there's a reality to it. Um, and she's Pooja's totally right. Like the first things that we say is amongst those things is like competitive, whatever. Same with Sophie, competitive uh, soccer player. Um, Andrew, competitive, um, very nice person and varsity um, tennis and basketball player on his high school team. Just give him the due credit and due diligence. Thank but, you. <laughs> um, on another note, like I had to stop playing for a year, like half a year. I couldn't compete. Everything shut down. We have to, I'm very used to traveling every month. Um, and once that stopped and I had to stop training in a way, um, it was like, my goodness, this is a loss of identity, like in a more dramatized way. But like, it's a it's a thing like I, what I think they call it um athlete depression or like a lot because it's like what Pooja said it's been such a big part of who you are and what you do for like how how long starting sports starting a, such a large commitment from such a young age it's become imbued into what you do in your daily life that you're like this is part of me and once that stops you're like well now that part is gone I feel like there's a hole there and I don't feel me but it's like what the emphasis of this whole conversation has come to be about it's the matter of being flexible and going outside of those constraints right um being open to what's in the future kind of like Andrew said in a way that finding yourself is a bit of a bs kind of thing because you're never really going to find yourself like you're constantly evolving that's a that's a thing in my opinion like I don't think the I'll disagree that the concept of finding yourself is BS because you're always finding yourself. I think the, the what Andrew maybe was trying to say is that like you never find yourself really, um, and I agree with that point. Like you never find yourself. You're you're gonna constantly evolve at every second. Um, every opinion is gonna change. So in that sense, yeah, it, it was a mess. I don't know about Sophie. Like she's still oh. playing so- soccer. So. so or have you stopped? So I, okay, I've stopped. I haven't played soccer since March. It's been a long time. Um, But I did suffer, I guess, athlete's depression. Um, I don't really know um, how much it impacted, but it definitely made me feel like I lost something because I don't go to a brick and mortar school. So I always take a season off um, winter for high school because everyone's playing in high school and I unfortunately can't. And honestly, that season's really really rough for me and it hit even harder because like okay I'm waiting this entire season and I just came back to um spring season for soccer and like just a month in and everything got shut down and I was just like wait what I can't play soccer anymore I definitely felt like I lost a huge part of me um I do have to say and I feel terrible for saying this because it is I used to consider soccer such a large part of my identity, but honestly not playing for so long. It's been like, what, like eight months or something. I realized that, like, like I said, I realize I'm more than just a soccer player. I have a lot more things that I guess 
not, I wouldn't say define me, I hate that term, but a lot of things that represent me rather than just being a soccer player. So it's been a really, really interesting journey. I definitely don't think I want to give up on soccer. And, and once I can play again, I'm going to go out and play. But it's, it's been an interesting journey for me personally. I would just like to affirm that Sophie and all three of you, you are all so much more than athletes. You are tremendous human beings. You are valued members of my circle of friends. You all mean so much. And I don't want you to think of yourselves as just athletes. Right back at you, Andrew. <clears throat> this is why we have you on the podcast. You see, we just, we, we need your, your positive energy. Exactly, right? Um, I wanted to actually add a note. Um, classifying yourself and saying more than a soccer player, more than tennis, more than competitive figure skater. Um, I found this really meaningful but there's this question of where do you see yourself in five years or what do you hope to be um in in the future and i think my answer to that would be kind being a kind person and that's a really that's a wrap-up i think that's a good wrap-up of everything because that just it, it's an over view and it's overgoing everything that we were talking about overlooking everything is the word I was looking for um being kind I think is very important there's a difference to me in terms of being good being a good person and being kind um being generous is another thing you need a good mix of both and I think having that aspiration or seeing that in your future and overlooking all of those and focusing in on one thing or one value that's very important to you that's a good thing to, to look at. And that's a good thing to be. But otherwise, thank you guys for listening to Everything and Nothing with Blurred Box this episode with Andrew, Chloe, Pooja, and Sophie. If you like our show and want to know more, please check us out on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or please leave us a review on iTunes. And be sure to join us next week, two weeks from now, sorry, for another episode of Blurred Box as we are going to be releasing episodes every other Sunday. We'd love to hear your feedback, suggestions, and questions, which you can email to blurredbox88 at gmail.com. And if you enjoy listening to our podcast, you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Blurred Box for the latest updates. And shout out to our video and audio editors, Yun Zhang and Mosh Kraus. They're doing an awesome job. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Farewell.